For me, fashion is a verb. So it's too fashion. You're listening to Wardrobe Crisis with Claire Press. Join me every week as we look at sustainability, ethics, and the business and madness of fashion. Welcome to another episode of Series 5, Share the Podcast Mic. This one's brilliant. You're going to be hearing from Nazma Akhtar, who is the founder and executive director of the Awaj Foundation. Nazma has been fighting to improve workers' rights, especially women's, in the Bangladeshi garment sector for more than three decades. And she actually started out as a garment worker herself when she was just 11 years old. So you'll be hearing from a powerful voice from the workers' side. And it's unusual. And I want you to ask yourself why. I think the answer is because so much of the sustainable fashion conversation is dominated by voices that aren't those of workers. However much fashion revolution challenges that and organisations like Clean Clothes Campaign, Labour Behind the Label and Remake Our World that turn the focus on workers, mainstream media, the glossy mags, the big events, no, they really don't. There we hear from brands talking about garment workers or well-meaning white people talking on their behalf. We tend to hear from those who make the decisions rather than those who must live with them. So one of the bits that struck me most forcibly in this brilliant interview with Nazma, and there's so many, there's so many amazing bits, but the bit that jumped out at me is where she tells this story about going to a big, shiny sustainability conference and looking around and being like, I'm the only person like me here. And then trying to ask a question of a powerful CEO and not being given the mic. I'm grateful to this week's wonderful guest host, Aisha Barenblatt, founder of Remake. Aisha is fantastic. We worked together on episode 115, how COVID-19 is affecting garment workers. That was back in April 2020. Fast forward and where are we? Well, I'd like to say that the situation has been resolved, but that would not be true. Remake's Pay Up campaign made a huge impact, literally reached hundreds of thousands of people. But nearly a year later, as you will hear, in addition to unpaid wages, the pandemic revealed how a core part of brand's profitability is achieved by consistently underpaying suppliers and garment workers. And those are Remake's words. So now, as well as pay up fashion, Remake is calling for brands to share the profits, not just share the mic, share the profits. Love it. This interview is absolutely brilliant and it's essential listening if you have any interest whatsoever in who made your clothes. I know you do. Can't wait to hear what you make of it. Remember, you can find extensive notes and links at thewardrobecrisis.com. You can find Remake at remake.world.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Mrs. Press and at The Wardrobe Crisis. And Aisha is at Remake Our World. OK, ready? Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I am your host this week, Aisha Berenblad, founder of Remake. We are a social justice organization focused on making fashion a force for good based in San Francisco, California. And I am joined today by the incredible, amazing Nazma Akhtar. I chose Nazma because she's a woman that I deeply admire in the fashion industry. She started working in the industry as a child worker at the age of 11 and today is a fearless leader, union leader and labor organizer in Bangladesh. Welcome to the Wardrobe Crisis podcast, Nazma. Thank you, Aisha. 
Tell me, are you tired? Like, how are you doing after this year where you have been on the front lines of, you know, fighting and being outside the press club and protesting? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm fine. Honestly, Aisha, I can tell you, I'm so angry with the fashion brand. You know, nine months we are in lockdown and our workers, they haven't worked only in April and they didn't get their full salary. The next year, we should address what is basic things are needed for the workers, the right. living wages. Money, new right? Te- we want to talk about money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The living wages, nutrition, the children daycare center, breastfeeding rights, education, health, recreation, savings, social protection, unemployment benefit, insurance, freedom of association, collective bargaining. ILO Convention 190 has to be ratified, all the countries. Which is about gender-based violence, right? For people who are wondering what that is. Yeah, life is going on as if we don't have a pandemic. Yeah, because you know the the fashion uh, retailer and brand, they said if the workers are not working, their store will not open. Even they are doing online a lot of business, Mm -hmm. like Amazon has profit more than billions of dollars, you know. Yeah, these are the people are getting a lot of profit the, from the brand side. The factories yeah. are open for the Christmas rush and all of that, but the brands are sheltering in place. Their representatives are not checking the conditions. Meanwhile, no. workers can and are getting sick, but also they continue to work. They are work from the home. If their life is that important, the workers' life is not important, you can see how they are treated, our workers, and how they are doing injustice because their salary also comes from our workers. If they don't swing, they will not get the salary, but they are not respect. They are not giving the value. So you're telling me you're not tired because you're angry, and I am angry with you. You know, every time I think about being tired because we've been working around the clock, it's like, how can we be tired when there's so much work to be done, so much greed and plunder that has happened, and we cannot let these fashion brands forget, right? So we're going to keep fighting. Yeah, and also, you know, my demand, make brand to pay, pay up, who are not paying the bill and holding and suspension, the order they have to take and keep as soon as possible. Yeah, it's almost, we have two demands, right? So there's the brands like JCPenney and Kohl's and Urban Outfitters who have simply just not even paid their bills yet, which is the minimum they can do. And then profitable brands like an Amazon, like a PVH, where what we're wanting is to assure that severance is paid and workers have money in their pockets when there has been such a crisis because they are profitable, share the profits, but there's been no money coming to workers in this time of crisis, even while they keep these brands profitable. Yeah. So that is, this is the demand. Yeah. Give our profit share only the demand. Nazma, let's start with you sharing a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? And when did you enter the industry and what was that like? I was born in Bangladesh, Dhaka City, 1973. And my father is a daily laborer and my mother was housewife that time. 
I wanted to be scientist, but unfortunately, it's not happened to my life due to we are poor, so it's not yeah. working. I went to school when I was young, but you know we have that time. I have two brother, one sister, and two grandma, and my father aunt. It's not sufficient. So yeah. then my mother went to garments factory. When I was childhood, I was very naughty. I'm very not fear. I whatever I like, what I do, I'm not care about this. And always I'm fighting for anything happen wherever. I never compromise and never do that. Yeah, and we've connected like that, right? As South Asian women, I grew up in Pakistan, you grew up in Bangladesh, that we're often taught not to speak up. But even from an early age, you did speak up. But then you sacrificed your education and your life to support your family and work in a garment factory when you were only 11. You know, I remember being 11 and playing or being in school. Like, what was that? like to be in a factory and what did you do there i work in the factory like as a sewing machine helper like assistant for a machine operator and every day i work like 12 14 16 hours also sometimes i work at night and seven days a week my salary was like 250 so which is if we now convert with the euro it will be two euro fifty cents maybe three dollar something like that uh, it's not nice because age of 11 is very child you have to play you have to be with family and a lot of things you have to learn from the family but that age I went to the factory and sometimes I feel sleepy I feel tired, but I need to work. And many times I'm looking in the window, people are moving, but I am stuck in the factory. So it was not nice. And it's not only me. There is a thousands of young children are working. So there yeah. was like total number of workers was like 30% are children are producing goods for Western brand and retailer. There is also a lot of challenges, abuse, harassment, exploitation. And when I was working in the garments factory during 80s and 90s, people are not treated us as a worker. They are not treated us as a formal workers. There is no respect. There is no dignity. And people are thinking we are like a tailor shop. It's not a formal industry also. So... We didn't get salary on time. Even we are cheating with them over time. No job security, no job contract, no ID card. There is no maternity issue was addressing. So I said like a slave. Yes, you said it. It's like a slave. And in many ways, you were the sacrificed child, right? Like send early to work in the industry. There's so much that the industry takes from your body, but also from your mind. You know, as you're talking about the world going by, that you look from the factory window. How many years did you work inside the industry then? 
I worked more than seven years, nearly eight years, and then I started full organizing because there is also a lot of things happen during my working time at the factory. When I was like 12 years old, the, my factory has a strike. So all the adult workers, my uh, brother and sister, they are fighting because they are not increasing our salary. They are not increasing other benefit and not paying on time. So people, we raise our voice. But you know, the people are poor. People are not very organized due to poor yeah. people because they are thinking if we not work today, then what we'll eat tomorrow. So this challenge when then company was asking who wants to work, you need to sign the blank paper and don't ask for the increased salary or wages. So many of the brother and sister didn't sign the white paper. That is why they lost their job. And also they were asking me, did you sign? I said no. As I told you, I'm assistant for the sewing machine. I'm helper. I'm supporting yeah. How old you. were you then? Do you remember? Twelve. Well, yeah, and well, then so they were asking you to sign a paper at 12 years old, and you said, Nope, I'm yeah. not going to do it. Yeah, and then I said, I'm not going to do it. And then they said, You have to leave, we are kick out to you. I said, Okay. I Then I left my job, and then I went to another factory and I work. And you know, every garments factory is same treated, nothing is different. So everywhere I have fight. But one of the good things, I'm very active. I know the good performance. I am the best workers. So that is the my good things. But otherwise, my mouth is bad. My spoken is bad. My uh, shouting, my voice. So it's not uh, good for the factory. But as a worker, I'm very good. So that is the advantage <laughs> I'm always taking. Yeah. And they don't expect you, right? Of the hundreds of thousands of workers I've met in my career, often the hope is that the women sitting on the assembly line, you know, you want you to just work harder, faster, don't look up, don't speak. You're often not promoted to a supervisor role. So, you know, talk a little bit about that, the gender dynamics. I know you care so much about gender-based violence. You were talking about harassment that you faced even as young as 11. You know, why do men control the industry and women do all the work? It's uh, If I'm saying in Bangladesh or South Asia, it's a patriotic yeah. society, it's a male-dominating, it's a religious society, a lot of barrier as a woman. And even, you know, if you are in South Asia, you need to be good mother, good wife, good sister, in good in-laws, auntie, and good worker, everything. So it's a very hard and difficult when you want it to be good for everything. So this is the culture is thinking that women should be labor and labor force and the decision making and the boss should be the man. Still, we have these challenges in garments factory. So we didn't see that much. Few, maybe whole entire factory, maybe one supervisor. Or I seen another factory, there is one lady is big boss. I didn't see that there is a two, three. So 
this is the culture was that and the garments factory that time if people are working in the garments factory it's not a respectful job nobody's respect always they are saying the garments workers are the bad girls if you are garments worker it's hard to get married also because the garments workers is not a good things and garments job is not good so that is why also that time the educated people are not even join in the factory there is no uh, work and you know uh, and there is not so they hurt your character also it's like a slander of if you're working in a garment factory not only are you not making much money you're hurting your body you're working around the clock but then it hurts your prospects to get married yeah in the society and many times the local grooms they got lot of money and they enjoy themselves by food by drinks and they also saying lot of bad things to us offering said oh you know you are working in the factory factory is closed there is no money if you come and have sex with us we will give you additional money that kind of things also we face when right. my, so much my factory was harassment yeah. and violence inside the factory and outside the factory right yeah. because people know that you're out there as women entering the workforce you need money and so there's this sense of wanting to take advantage of you and that reputation of garment workers is also oh these are bad girls or easy girls or something like that yeah it's a very hard even i was thinking who is going to get married because i am not i'm desperate i'm naughty i don't care man i don't respect so it's always my family has also scared more than me because i am not scared about that who is going to marry or something because i'm earn money and i'm helping the things so then yeah. when i was like 14 or 15 years i started work as a adult although it's a, as per law the 18 years you become a adult worker but that time i am adult so i work in the factory did you get different um, id papers or how did they know that you're now you're deemed an adult even though you're 14 years old uh, because i started 11 years old and then i when i was 12 and half or 13 i am become a super, uh, sewing machine operator because i'm quite tall compared to other but you know that time also 12 13 can become a sewing machine operator because we started very early age and on job we learn when i'm 14 i started work in the different factory and we organize union and we have lot of issue about the wages on time payment maternity issue appointment letter and many things they are not addressing so that is why we raise our voice and we had demonstration and we are fighting for our rights do you remember any of the brands you stitched for in all of these years some of the labels uh mostly that time we work for american company because first garments manufacturing uh, started with the american walmart kmart and then italian brand and now is a largest export country is europe but used to be america so when we organize the union and the company doesn't want so also in 1990 there was a big fire incident happened in bangladesh in dhaka where the 30 people was killed one of the garments owner also died 
Were you in the factory that got fire or was it more just solidarity as a union leader then because this fire had happened that you were all organizing? Uh, no, we are not working that factory. It is a different factory. I remember that our factory was closed at 8 p.m. at night. So all girls, when we are going to home, so there is a road and the shop. We found the television and they are saying is there was a fire incident. This number of workers has died. The main door was locked and the many of them are stamped and many of the uh, that is why they die and also many of them are in the hospital severely injured and then next morning we went to the factory and then we said we need to be solidarity and we should ask for safe working condition it was first uh, january 1991 and then we called a strike but some of the factory owner was not happy so when we went to the main road, other factory, different factory owner, they are unitedly attack us with the gooms, local terrorists, and we were severely beaten. Many of our brother was arrested and they couldn't get the bail. It was really injustice for them and their family. Then we organized the union and suddenly the company hired the gooms and threatening us in the factory and some of our leader was fired. Then we protest and we raise our voice. After that, the factory was shut down and we were uh, stay in front of the gate like 21 days. And then there was a peak season, a lot of work pressure so company opened the factory and they agree and accept our demand so peak season for the listeners who don't understand the fashion industry that there's more orders so now the factory needs to open to get orders to the western market so they're ready to talk to you yeah yeah because they wanted to finish the good and need to be shipment otherwise they will lose the business the factory called goons they beat up workers then the police got involved and essentially put the workers in jail Um, and how did that case resolve uh the case was not resolved Mm. we were blacklisted because we don't know much about our rights and all my neighborhood was saying about me is a bad girls what kind of daughter you are growing because she is demonstrating she's fighting with the man she's giving slogan and all the newspaper because that time we don't have the television or any social media so all the newspaper is coming my photo and then we went to a demonstration in front of our headquarters. So, you know, it's a big uh, demonstration and the police was beaten, tear sale, all kind of things happen. What can we do because the work has, has uh, we have uh, legal charges against us and also local goons and police. Everybody's in favor of this company and company is very powerful in our country. All the workers who are uh, leading, who are active, helpless, they had no job. 
Because and everyone is blacklisted. So the all the workers, once you're blacklisted for protesting, you can't even get another job for job. And, and right. And especially that they are the newspaper uh, cutting, they are uh, keeping, and when we go factory and they are identified these is this those workers. So it's happened with me many factory, and sometimes I got money, sometimes I don't get. And everywhere said, you are leader, you are in the newspaper, you work in that factory. I said, what's wrong with that? No, we don't want that kind of things. Then we left the factory. Speaking so, of really hurt you, right? Because this is yeah. something that people often don't understand is, especially now in the pandemic, when so many workers are asking for their severance, asking for their wages, that it's dangerous because there are goons, there's police, and then there's the fear of being blacklisted. Yeah, it's happened also. Yeah, every always. Uh, so, yeah. then, so how do yeah. you go from all of that hardship of working long hours, coming into your power as an organizer, to then go on to found Awaj Foundation? You do so much, right? You are helping women get a voice to be advocates. I think within Awad, you support something like 600,000 workers. So, you know, it's a joint effort. Even in uh, many, many cases, I'm going to the factory, I'm going to the demonstration, I'm going to the uh, negotiation. Even everywhere we are working together because I never think uh, I'm the executive director of Dawas Foundation because we always said we are colleague, we are the brother and sister and we are team. That's we believe and the way we work and it's also we have a lot of volunteer from the factory level workers and the unions because one Nazma cannot change the society. When we started with ours, actually we are not much care about the what is the European or American objective? Mostly, uh, what is the demand for our workers? We are firstly giving legal aid support. It's a workplace violence, intimacy partner violence, which is a lot of young boys and girls are working. So it's a big issue. We have a big healthcare services program for garments workers. We have educational program. We mainly try to women empowerment and their leadership and also financial literacy. And this is the key area is the education, health and legal rights. And we uh, the, the fourth is a empowering women and leadership position. I love that it's such a holistic approach, right, to all of workers' lives. So thinking about health, thinking about education, but you are very honest about being a for women, by women movement and wanting women to move up into leadership positions. Often this is not really covered when we talk about women in the fashion industry, how, you know, this $2.4 trillion industry is mostly run by women, right? It's the women who are fashion's most essential workers. Someone like you who has not just given your blood, sweat and tears to the industry, but also organized. But as I'm listening to your story, I'm struck by how many villains in the story are men, you know, thinking about all the supervisors and the verbal abuse, even some of the union leaders, the politicians who use you all for protests, the police. It just seems to me that Time and time again, you know, 
it is you as women, you yourself as a feminist, you know, pushing back on these men and a system that's set up to hold you down. How do you think some of this harassment and misogyny that you've seen in the fashion industry with men, you know, in, in your work, how do you think the work of Awaj to get women in positions of power will combat that? Do you think you've made progress in getting women to be more supervisors or to really be pushing back on this system that is really set up for men to exploit women? Yeah, because our main objective is the women should be the leadership position. That means the floor level management as well as the factory level union or leadership. So, yeah, we are raising these things. And also, you know, uh, ours is also helping and supporting how to they have to uh, negotiation and bargaining and conflict issues. So most of the union factory where we support our aims is uh, 80% women should be in the union. Women should be in the leading position and president, secretary, or president or secretary, one must be women. So that is our policy that is we adapt. And also when we sign the collective bargaining agreement, there is also we put it one of the demand, the women post and promotional issues. So the way we are also increasing the leadership at the supervisor level was not changed, but at least the now in Bangladesh, many factory leaders we creating, they are responsible, they know how to deal the issues, and they are changing their factory and their community and their society. You know, I'm curious, the listeners of this podcast are mostly, you know, a Western-based market of customers. What would you want an everyday person who's buying fashion to know or to think about? We always thinking the positive mentality and positive way. And that the way we are changing, we are appreciate people work, we are appreciate who is doing good things. So that is why it's easy because if we are going for negative things and negative way to do, it will not work because we have mistake. We have also good things. So we need to be balanced. And that is why the, I want to be say that all the consumer who is buying our clothes from Bangladesh or different country, please, you have to think and buy the responsible way to goods. Don't think about the sale or discount. Because and it goes to workers' life and livelihood is affected in pandemic when you uh, the brand retailer asking for discount and cancellation of the workers their livelihood was threatened they lost their job the workers paying their salary discount so you know we are believe the positive and good thing can change it doesn't mean you need to be give so many things but whatever the basic fundamental rights. If you are ensuring and ask to the retailer and fashion board to fair price and fair wages, that is important for us. Also, the gender-based violence is a key issue because of the girls are very poor. So it's easy to manipulate, easy to exploit it. And mostly the people who are coming to our country to make products, their philosophy and their concept is the workers are cheap labor. Nobody is scared. So we want to responsible buying system and fair price is important. 
Yeah, you and, know, I would be doing the math as a campaigning organization, and obviously, you and I working together on the Pay Up Fashion Coalition. And you know, the math really is ten cents more on a T-shirt. It's not that much money to be thinking about fair wages and fair price. But I think what's so important is the human picture you've given that, you know, we our part of the world is not just a cheap labor center. These are daughters and women and wives, but most importantly, these are activists and future Nazmas who are up against gender-based violence and cuts in wages. And we've seen this in the pandemic, right? With order cancellations, changes in delivery schedules, uh, pushing on price. People are buying products for them to think about. All those sales and supporting brands like that means that workers at the end of the day are up against a very violent and unfair system. Yeah, so that is the things are seen. And also that uh, Corporate are so powerful and they are in the politics, they are in the business. It's not only Bangladesh, it's all over the world. So we need the uh, power distribution equally. And the system has to be changed because nothing is changed. And the people. 30 years, nothing has changed, huh? Tell me, you started to talk about greed. And, you know, you and I have both had these conversations about how much the human nature of greed has been unpacked in this pandemic. You know, the billionaires got richer, fashion brands have posted a profit in the pandemic. Meanwhile, workers around the world are reporting hunger, eating less meals. So how are you seeing this greed in the fashion system play out right now? I cannot explain these issues because what is I seen in my eyes and what is I'm witness. People kill, they don't care. Only they want to profit. They want to themselves. And if you know when the workers are lost their job, they have nothing to get from any support from the business community in our country, even the retailer fashion brand. They are not giving anything direct support to the workers. Maybe they are giving different support with the UN or big, big organization, but you know how much their salary and how much goes for them. Even five taka, they will not come. And so it's a really... Yeah, there's been no money from what I've seen, no. you know, yeah. looking at within the ILO call to action any day. There's just very limited to no money coming during this crisis and it's a crisis right of workers are deciding whether they can have protein whether they can eat one meal or two factories are shutting down with giving workers no severance and where's the money where's the money from the fashion brands who've all posted profit in the pandemic to support these essential people people like you who've been keeping them profitable for 30 40 years you know and uh, the money isn't coming and it's not moving fast enough either. Yeah, because, you know, the pandemic started in March. And the April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December is a, uh, almost uh, nine months. So the call for action or the European Union money, nothing is getting our workers mm-hmm. because already their life, is vulnerable. They, if I even a lot of young girls, they lost their job. Pregnant women lost their job. Nobody's respect. Nobody's care them. Also, 
they are only depend air their family but they have a lot of contribution in the fast fashion brand but we didn't see anything they are responsible they are doing so that is why the workers need to be their own voice they need to be their own capacity to how to increase their wages how to be and how to raise their voice without this i don't think it will be work mm-hmm. and also consumer can change the retailer and fashion brand behavior but you know 70% consumer also thinking where we get the good price and low wages right so that is right. the mentality need to be changed we need to be yeah. educated them and also consumer need to learn where the goods come how appropriate and how decent this and kind of thing what's the human stories behind it right what's funny is we've never met but we call each other sisters you know i think yeah. there was an instant connection because i grew up in pakistan you know you are across there in bangladesh and there are these systems of race and gender and the greed that is set up from corporations that we intuitively understand that a lot of western consumers don't you know and so can you talk about that a little bit just how the fashion system is also racist the fast fashion is totally racist and fast fashion seems like the business is like a cheating and exploiting women because if you see 20 years back the primark or h&m or walmart or gap or jc penny what was their yearly turnover and what is today their turnover and if you come to our supplier how was their lifestyle and how is their lifestyle is now and if you see the workers it's a not in day and night difference it's a year and year difference so it's a fully exploitation and cheating seems to me from the global and locally and it's really racism because when people are coming for the cheap labor poor country and taking the advantage gift air the colonized corporate colonized new liberalization capitalization globalization future of work automation everything is favor for the rich country like europe and america yeah they are giving lot of strong message strong things to do bangladesh government and the manufacturer but what is their role and responsibility what their brand should be and what would be their company's role and responsibility they are always ignoring there is no penalty there is no punishment there is no legal charges but only the charges are against the workers so that is the racism you know i keep coming back to the story you once told me of being at copenhagen fashion summit and you know to have exposure like that and then to be looking in the eye of some of these CEOs so can you share that story for our listeners because so much of this is like you said yes we need to be building worker solidarity the next generation of nazmas but we need people like you also in spaces with some of these greedy CEOs to tell them what's happening and to hold them to account so i wonder if you can share that story of being at copenhagen fashion summit and asking your question to a big fashion brand ceo what was that like oh thank you it's a really uh, new experience for me because i heard that the fashion yeah copenhagen fashion forum but 
luckily last year i was attending that uh, fashion forum and you know only the myself is like from the uh, third world country yeah there is a, some manufacturer i'm not going to talk about that but <laughs> only i'm the person i'm the person from the workers and the from the worker representative and there was all the big fashion uh, industry people there is a big uh, fashion magazine and the model and different type of foundation different all the rich people is there and there uh, there is a different session and different talk different thought and only the uh, myself is a different and only the myself is talking about the workers issues and workers things and people who never heard the situation what's going on in the supply chain and what are the challenges we face people said we are very much happy that at least you are here and after my session there was a i remember that uh, the kelvin klein uh, ceo he was talking about so much about the climate change about the environment organic cotton how they are care about the customer about the nature and kind of things but he never ever saying about the who made this product and who made him rich and giving big salary he never saying about and not a single thing so it's really make me angry it's make me very disturbed because how the people are cheating and how they are exploiting and how they manipulating people are talking about the environment about the climate change about the organic cotton and how they cheated their customer but how they cheated their workers totally they are ignoring and they are talking bullshit things it's <laughs> i learned from there but you asked him a question right what was the question i raised the hand to question but the moderator didn't give it to me that was the saddest part mm. but you know this is why in our payak coalition we've put an action right about giving workers center stage and whether copenhagen fashion summit or all these glitzy fashion summits we've said now as a coalition with you know you helping author that that we have to have worker voices and if you don't have 50% worker voices then it's bullshit like and and you know from being in bangladesh that climate change is not just a concept it's there and so we actually have to talk about climate justice and the ways that these countries pollute and extract value from our part of the world you know we are bearing the brunt of climate change a lot more than them when they talk about carbon offsetting or planting some trees you know yeah because it's uh, it's a bullshit because you know in bangladesh is one of the rich country for the climate change and uh, and it's also affected because in 2050 the bangladesh will be migrated or refugee 50 million people and there will be not single country even the bangladesh because of the corporate uh, exploitation and dumping their garbage to our country and it will be affected women and children you know the life will be vulnerable so what is the action what is the what what's, is the, what's action? the actual action less talk more action right this yeah. is what we and that's why we've put together this seven point blueprint of stop talking about bullshit yeah. to your point right now in the pandemic we need to keep workers safe you know we need to be giving workers center stage demanding fair living wages and pushing for legal reform like at the end of the day none of these voluntary commitments have gone anywhere so we have a vision for a future fair just industry as 
citizen and worker groups you and me like this is what we've dreamed of right the last word what i want to say on the people who are listening please come with us and support and solidarity and fight with us for another world we need to be and we need to be change this world and corporate power is killing our culture our nature our environment our make us hunger make us illiterate make us slave so we need to be stand up and we need to fight for that and we need to be anger hope action today we are facing these challenges in bangladesh but exploitation is moving across the world so all the people we need to be stand up and raise our voice very strongly and how we have to get justice dignity and respect i love that let's fuel our anger to hope and then to take action thank you so very much nazma for your time thank you aisha and thank you all of you who are listening and please support workers how we can get our justice thank you for listening to wardrobe crisis you can find the show notes for each episode and read our magazine over on our website www.thewardrobecrisis.com and that's where you can also sign up for our free sustainable fashion newsletters i hope you've enjoyed the show i'd love you to help us spread the word tell a friend share on social media or leave us a rating and review in apple podcasts it really helps new listeners find us on the app You can get in touch with us on social media. The show is on Instagram at the wardrobe crisis and I'm on there too and on Twitter. I'm at Mrs Press. Finally, if you'd like to support us financially, look for wardrobe crisis on Patreon. There's also a link in our Instagram. But for what you'd spend on a magazine each month, you can be part of the wardrobe crisis Patreon community and you'll get exclusive podcast content, articles and special access. Because I love you Because I love you